GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. On Gibraltar today, works to convert the mount into a public area for the whole community to enjoy are progressing. Project director Carl Viagas fills us in on how it's going. Gibraltarian actors Anthony Lotho and Johan Wickham have been working alongside Hollywood actors in Martin Nusser's latest movie, In Tenebris, Into the Darkness. It's been one year since online gallery Ace Art was set up on the rock. John Paul Bautista came up with the idea to promote both international and local contemporary art. Hi, Kian. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been good. It's been very exciting, really enjoyable year. So it's been, there's a lot to talk about and there's a few things for the future as well coming up. So it's looking good. Now, many will know you and your family, JP, from the Bautista Lottery agents. And I've always been curious... How has your love of art, like where does that come from and, and what has led you to, to creating this online gallery now? The businesses are just so different. Yeah, they are. Nothing to do with, with each other. I've, I've always been, I've loved music, arts, but I can't play an instrument and I can't paint myself. So the majority of the stuff came from in the business side. No? So, but yeah, it's completely different. I started collecting art about 20 years ago commissioned my first painting and bought bits and bobs from from different places different artists and then with the last few years it's shifted into more of a business giving advice and helping helping some of my friends artists to with the business side of it no just you paint and i help you sell and promote so started doing a bit of that and then word of mouth went around a few more artists and it, it became a, a little business so and it's obviously different to the lottery and it gives me something another distraction or something something else to do so. and with a real focus on bringing uh contemporary and urban art to the rock how have you found that's been received good it's starting to to get better received now i think at the beginning the first exhibition people were a little bit not ready for the arts that we had introduced because everything was slightly different and those were the comments we were getting oh it's always very cool but it's, i don't know if it's for me it's a bit, a bit different but then you get to see a bit more you get more used to it get more accustomed to it and people were liking it more and starting collect to collect the art we were bringing in. And then in March, we did another exhibition and expanded a little bit more on the on the contemporary side. And, and that's why we called it the art revolution, because it, it was bringing in new new stuff into Jib. So, but yeah, I think slowly, surely people are coming to, into, into liking something different, or at least going to look at it and enjoying it. So. And it hasn't just been about bringing new artists into Gibraltar, but also promoting local talent. And yeah. also, I've noticed over the course of the last year, some of the international artists that you brought back have been inspired by Gibraltar yeah, and then used right. Gibraltar as a frame of reference for their work. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, as, as you mentioned, the first bit, the promoting of the local artists, that was always my intention, and to do like a 50-50 introduce and promote and we've worked with Gail Francis we've worked with Monica Popham and Naomi Martini who's done really well this year with us as well um Stephen Almeida photography so we've done we've worked with a lot of the a lot of the local artists as well now, when was the last time you went to the Mount? Well, works continue to convert the space into a public area for the whole community to enjoy. Project Director Carl Viagas joins me in the studio. Good afternoon, Carl. Good afternoon. So these works have been a few years in the making. Remind us of the plans and what the product will finally, hopefully, look like. Okay. Um, the reason why I think um, the successive governments have been very cautious about the, the Mount um, it's probably for a similar reason like they have also reacted to the northern defences. These are huge areas. In fact, just to perhaps um, 
um, allow your audience to get a context or feel the, the the Mount Gardens are probably just as large, slightly larger than the Alameda Gardens. So they do stretch from one road all the way up to what is the the, um, the nature reserve. So we are talking, I think it's about 30, over 30,000 square metres. So that's a huge area. So It's deceiving because when you see it from absolutely. the roadside, you'd never imagine that there's that much to work many, with there. Correct. Many of us um, refer to the Mount as the building, as the main residence, which is important. It's beautiful. And it's got a couple of side buildings like the Porter's Lodge, which is what we can talk about. We've started working on there. There's also an event hall. Some of us remember also attending some weddings in, within that building itself. But that's only a fraction of what the whole site is all about. Now the mount had been largely unkept for for decades, right? So what kind of of um what kind of state was it in when you first started working? <laughs> well, thankfully normally many of the buildings which I tend to work on have have been left for for more than decades. So in many ways this wasn't uh, this is not as much of a challenge, but still we are talking of of a building that had been occupied by the admiralty and so it had been maintained to a certain level. But we've got to realise that if we want to bring a building to modern standards, um, even though some of the charms are still there, um, they would not be safe. So if we want to introduce children to classrooms, which is far some of the ideas, these sash windows, which are beautiful to behold, the glass is about three millimetres thick, which means that anybody could have, a very, uh, could have an accident and that could prove fatal. So we need to look now at uh, um, replacing and, and adding um, or comply with modern regulations. And also all the electrics and all the plumbing is something which hasn't been touched probably since the 70s. And there's also bound to be asbestos. So these are the many elements which are perhaps not visible to the untrained eye, but these are the, the items which are costly and will take some time for them to be fully addressed. This must be a massive challenge, no? preserving the, the heritage and the history <laughs> and being sensitive to that while also bringing it into like a modern day and keeping it up to regulation, uh, up to standards in that respect. Well, I, I love it. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, you're no stranger to it. And, and I think I've probably built a track record by doing that. You know, I think even this building, this monument is, I think, an example of that, how we can bring our monuments that perhaps does no, no longer serves a purpose, especially in a place like Gibraltar, where we're talking of barracks. And it was a place designed for war. So now that, you know, societies are changing to add what is a new chapter and for that to reflect what is a modern society, I think it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to do that and to be privileged to deal with a building like the Mount. This was designed by William Green, who, um, amongst, apart from designing the defences of Gibraltar during a key period, like the Great Siege, just before the Great Siege, he also created the Soldier Artificer Corps, who were the Royal Engineers. So to be working on buildings like such giants left behind is a tremendous responsibility, and I take it with um, with the privilege that I think that is meant, you know. Definitely. It's a privilege and it's exciting. I mean, let's talk about the, the open green area as okay. well, because those areas in Gibraltar, they are far and few between. So I'm sure lots of people will be looking forward to having another green space to enjoy. So what can you tell us about that? Okay. Um, the, the project itself is divided into small pieces. And I think that's the best way to deal with complex projects like anything in life. You, you, you plan them, you program them and you divide them into smaller elements. So even though there's works that will be done to the urbanized areas like the, the Mount, the, the property and the Porter's Lodge, there are green areas. So I would divide those into two different categories. We've got the from the service road, it splits them into what is the eastern up to the, up the slopes to the upper rock and then the western side. The western side, this seems to be much more manicured and this seems to have been terraced and I believe that 
um, William Green's wife, she was had her allotments there. So these areas, I think, would be fantastic for them to be used for on educational purposes, to bring school, school children to, to enjoy that. But also we've got tennis courts which are going to be converted into paddle tennis. Um, so that is the, the lower areas and how we can still maintain the original paths, but they're going to be receiving what is a level of investment um, and, and attention. Now, on the more unkept areas, that's part of the nature reserve, and I think that's We've got to treat it with a with a the care it deserves. There's a rich ecosystem as well, no? That, that lives there. But from a historical point of view, um, one of the areas that was not touched during the Great Siege is the mount because it belonged to Mrs. Green. You know, so whilst Gibraltar was deforested in many areas, we're still talking of the same kind of species that would have um, belonged to Gibraltar bef- before or within and earlier in the 1700s. So it's special in its own rights. And what we have been able to do during this last a couple of years is uncover many of the historic paths that lay there. These were totally overgrown and we have had a, a fantastic contract on site and um, Eden Botanics have been working there, they've cleared up the area and this has allowed us to define what are those paths. In fact there's one that links from the Porter's Lodge at the northern end of the mount all the way up um, to the, to the um, nature reserve. So this is a fantastic opportunity to create a path for those living in the south districts to be able to meander up onto what is the nature reserve. Film director Martin Nusser's latest production is well underway. Four Hollywood actors are taking part in the movie In Tenebras Into the Darkness, which is described as an action mystery suspense film. It's a story of two brothers who embark on an adventure of a lifetime, a journey deep inside the World War II tunnels of Gibraltar to find a lost treasure. Well, the director was also really keen to keep things as local as possible, with Gibraltarian actors and extras also involved. Their filming is now done, and today I'm joined by Anthony and also Johan Wickham. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Thank you so much. Oh, so, so in sync. <laughs> so in sync. You can tell you've been working together for a while. We're brothers. We're brothers yeah. at this yeah. point. Johan, tell me a little bit about your role. I play the character of Josh Frazier. He's a 20-year-old, young, troubledish youth who kind of reconnects with his brother in search for this urban legend treasure. That's uh, been kept away, hidden, secretive for, I don't know, how many, century maybe? So. And Anthony, you're his up. brother? You play his, his yes, brother the in the film, brother. yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got, um, my name is Hank Frazier in the film, and he has this um, estranged relationship with his brother and also his sister, um, Chelsea, who's played by uh, Rebecca. Uh, she couldn't be here with us today because she's working, unfortunately, but big shout out to sis. And, um, yeah, it's been, yeah, this is a strange relationship that he's got with his siblings and they go on this little adventure to find this treasure. What's it been like working in the World War II tunnels? I imagine that must have been quite scary. Cold. 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 Oh my God. Very cold. You're both very in sync. I forgot like a sweatshirt for the first like two weeks, so I'm pretty sure I developed like pneumonia or something. So... I became, I think, um, hoodie mom, and I kept on bringing in different hoodies that I had at home to kind of give to the rest of the cast and crew just to keep everyone warm and safe. It was an experience. Oh, I yeah. think, I think the cold also, I think, really helped with our emotions and what we were trying to oh portray God, yes. on Well, screen. actually, I spoke to the director, Martin, earlier today, and he said you both went through hell during the filming. He said you're both great actors and you really shine on screen, but he really emphasised that you'd gone through such a hard time. Oh so was that goodness, just because yes. of, of the coldness or, or what else have you, you been through? Do you want to see my arms? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you've got scars, uh, yeah. you've got Battle cuts. scars yeah. to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, yeah. I think especially with our with our characters and our development and the progression throughout the movie, um, it has really I think both tested and pushed ourselves as actors oh, yeah, sure. as well in in the in the state in the state of emotions and what we go through. Um, it's really yeah, kind of push those boundaries and really set off. There's a lot of development, too, between the brothers. Because we start off, I think in lore, we had been traveling about four months prior to the events that occur. But prior to that, we had a very disdain relationship, mm. right? We, I don't think I had been in contact with my older brother for years, like tons of years. The only connection that's present in the beginning, I'd say, is between me and my on-screen sister, Rebecca, who were obviously biological, so we grew up together, so there's a bit more of that connection. But between us, I'd say it kind of develops throughout the movie. And I suppose things like, because I saw some behind-the-scenes photos of you guys getting made up, you had hair and makeup, so I suppose that also helps, apart from the, the cold uh, temperatures that you're working at, I suppose that helps add to, to getting into character, no? 100%, yeah. And what can you tell me about working with these big names in the business? Because there are some big names from Hollywood that you've been up against. It's been an honor. Uh, we've been on set with Michael Pere, Costas Mandalore, and Taya Kanzik. We also have someone else coming in on the 10th. We can't really name any names, but he is, he's, he's a name. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been pleasure working, especially seeing how they cope to the scenes you know just just being around their presence let alone working with them it's been an absolute honor yeah i totally agree i think as well I, one of the shoots that we had was at the sunborn in that scene on the day of the conference oh. and they were sat in the table behind us and they were delivering their lines and just by closing my eyes and listening to them i was yeah. like oh it's just so good and i'm like i've got a really like they kind of helped me step up because i was like mm -hmm. they're there i want to try and not make an impression but i want to make sure that I'm doing the best of my ability and hearing them behind me and how they approach the script and how they kind of mastered every single sentence, every breath, every pause, every beat. I was yeah. like, I've got to step it up and yeah. make sure that I hopefully look as good on camera as they do. I'm do you know sure I mean? you both do. And I'm sure it's just been a, an absolutely memorable experience for you both. Uh, before we finish, uh, when can we expect to see Intenebra's Into the Darkness? Okay, so we don't have a release date just yet, but we are looking for an early release in early to mid release in 2024. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand.